This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. One of the great gifts to fly fishing is public access. Dave and I have both benefited from this, primarily on Montana rivers and also on the spring creeks in the Driftless in Wisconsin. Yes, both the Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks in Montana and Wisconsin's Department of Natural Resources have provided a generous amount of access points for fly fishers to access water. That's also true in other states uh, as well. One of my favorite stretches, Dave, on the River is Ted Turner's property south of Bozeman. There's an ample parking area at Williams Bridge, and I've been told that uh, Turner has been responsible for uh, creating it. And it's a real gift to park there and then to walk up or down the river to a fine stretch of water that's ideal for nymphing. I I won't tell people whether it's up or down, Uh, but honestly, it's a lot different than hunting access. You know, I, I lived for a number of years in the Bozeman area and a lot of the places where I used to hunt white-tailed deer and then even elk in Paradise Valley south of Livingston are not available anymore. I mean, the landowners, and some of them are new landowners, have leased the hunting rights. Thankfully, there's still public land, although it's not as easily accessible or prime. And yet, there's no spot on the Gallatin River that I can't fish if I'm willing uh, to walk. So today, Dave and I are talking about respecting and using public access. Let's begin with respect. Dave, what can we do to respect the access that we've been granted? For starters, don't trash the access sites. I know that sounds patently obvious, but for some fly fishers, apparently it's not. Uh, We shouldn't have to say this, but there are a handful of slobs out there who are just simply too lazy to pick up their trash. And I think, uh, you know, as 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 fly fishers, we're also conservationists. That's right. And so we know that there's not an unlimited supply of public access land or public access period to get to good waters. And so this conversation really begins with a simple statement of just respect public access and do whatever you can you can to just pick things up pick trash up and and simply don't leave your own trash there absolutely I would also say know your legal rights and limits for example the Montana Fish Wildlife and Parks website says this Under the Montana Stream Access Law, the public may use rivers and streams for recreational purposes up to the ordinary high water mark. Although the law gives recreationists the right to use rivers and streams for water-related recreation, it does not allow them to enter posted lands bordering those streams or to cross private lands to gain access to streams. to be honest, I have never uh, looked at the, the, the law and, and read the details. I mean, that, that statement is clear enough. And, and if you've done any kind of fly fishing, you know uh, what uh, uh, high water, uh, you know, where the high water mark is and, and where it isn't. We'll talk about that because in freestone rivers, that makes sense. In the west, obviously in uh, the driftless or other areas where you have the watershed is underneath the, underneath the land, you know, in spring creeks, you don't have the, you you know, you don't have those high water marks. So what really is the high water mark uh, in Montana? 
you know, you what you look for is kind of places along the, the side of the stream where, where you can tell or the river where uh, the, the water has gotten up that high and kind of overflown the bank. So you'll see brush, you'll see uh, rocks, you know, you, you can kind of see uh, uh, kind of where the river has dug into the bank and it's pretty clear, okay, the river has gone this high before. And so you can basically walk up to that point so you if you want to go upstream or downstream um, you can go up as far as the high water mark right and if there is some sort of an obstruction you come to a, a place where there's a cliff or where there's a, a downfall that you can't get through you are allowed to to go up and walk around that but you just can't use that as an excuse to to wander you know 300 yards into the the rancher's field wasn't that law under fire several years ago um, um, it was, and uh, thankfully, in, in my view, it's it's been it's remained intact. I, I think one of the controversies is, like you said, with spring creeks, and uh, some of the, uh, the the people who own the spring creeks in, in Montana were concerned that that law could be used for people to uh, walk up into their property. And and I know, in, in one case, I know one of the families that that owns and runs uh, one of the spring creeks, and and they're. I think they were they were right to be concerned about that. So, you know, as, as that got taken care of, that, that really hasn't been as much of an issue. I think it's important, too, for me to understand how different the mindsets of owners are in the West versus, say, in Wisconsin. I was surprised when I moved from the West, when I moved from Colorado uh, to the Chicago suburbs and then started fishing in Wisconsin. The owners there are much more accepting and I know that's a judgment call but they seem much more okay yeah, with I would the agree. fact mm-hmm. that you're fishing uh, obviously you're not fishing on their property but the right. stream ro- you know is, is cutting through their land but there's a lot of you know gates there's a lot of fishing access points and that surprised me I just don't remember as many of those uh, in the West. And that brings up another point, Dave. Leave the gates as you found them. Absolutely. My grandfather uh, had a ranch in South Dakota, and one of the lessons you know I learned as a young boy was that if the gate is open, then you should leave it open. And obviously, the worst sin is to uh, not shut a gate behind you, you know, and then the livestock get out. Yep. But I think you, uh, the general principle is, you know, leave leave the gate as you found it. So right. if the gate is up, then make sure when you get through it, the gate is is back. You know, there's that gate in the bear trap when we go along that trail. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just to make sure, we always make sure that that gate is always shut. That's right. And coming and going. That's right. And related to that, don't harass the stock, the livestock. Uh, Dave and I like to fish a little valley in the Driftless, which shall go unnamed. And the farmer there runs a few cows in one of the pastures through which the stream passes. Now, unless you're dealing with a bull, you don't have much to worry about. But give those animals a wide berth. You don't want a, th- a herd thundering through the stream uh, to mess things up for you when you're getting ready to fish it. So, uh, you know, it, it's to your advantage, but certainly you're, you're doing that out of courtesy for the, the, the farmer or the ranch owner. And, and in the case of that little valley where we fish, I mean, the, uh, it, it's a privilege to be able to go in and, and use that land. And, and there's uh, great uh, access points that uh, the rancher has provided in cooperation with uh, the, the Wisconsin uh, DNR. Uh, so, yeah, respect that. It reminds me of a funny story. So years ago, we were out hunting uh, in South Dakota on 
our land and uh, we lease the land out uh, to this day to to uh, to a rancher and to a farmer and uh, so we we're out bird hunting and next thing we know is my brother's father-in-law's dog his name was whiskey is chasing the cattle up oh, and no. down the pasture oh no about a half a mile away <laughs> so oh. uh you know even though he was renting our land the, the the rancher was not very happy with us oh man i bet he wasn't well let's talk now about using public access it's important to respect it but dave how do you go about using it and using it successfully well first you have to find these sites and thankfully that's not difficult at all uh, they are well marked at least in montana and wisconsin by highway signs right i don't think in colorado they're as well marked and maybe it's because uh, my perception is fading about what it was like there but um, most of the work that we did or fishing that we did there was in high mountain lakes right we're in the back country a lot you're right you know there are maps available for purchase but honestly i've, I've never bothered to buy any of these because uh, the highway signs are, are so prominent Maybe if it's a brand new area, uh, you could do that. But thing is, you're probably going to visit a fly shop, and they'll just tell you, oh, go down to Mallard's Rest or go to go to Three Mile, and and so you you'll, you'll find out from the fly shops where you can get access. And with most uh, you know Google Maps on your phone and stuff, you once you know the name of the stream is pretty pretty right. easy to find it. That's Although, right. do you remember a couple years ago, we went up to uh, the Driftless and we got lost. We went down that one road and it was midnight and it wasn't, <laughs> it was right. almost midnight. Yeah. And we had to stop in a, in a farmer's place to find out where we were actually, we were staying at a bed yeah. and breakfast. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, and the, it looked like on the map that it was correct, but the, the stream actually stopped or went underneath the ground. But underneath. I'm glad we stopped there. Remember, he had that huge whitetail mount. Man, that was a beautiful deer. Yeah, and he was kind of <laughs> chatty he's yeah. probably the first people he'd seen in a while i know that was he, he invited <laughs> us in and we had a good time all right what else dave what else do we need to know about using access well, my big thing is that you always walk farther than anyone else. Right. And that's a principle that you and I have held to many years. Um, I often won't start fishing right at the public access area. and uh, But if I'm going up, I'm going to go up farther than the next person because I just hate uh, overfished waters or, the, or my thinking that they've mm -hmm. been overfished. So I always want to go farther than anyone else. And by doing that, you may end up walking through some private property, and that's okay given those stream access laws. In fact, a couple times I fished up uh, way up the Boulder River south of Big Timber, Montana, and uh, one time I, I ended up uh, uh, kind of fishing this gorgeous, gorgeous stretch of river, and before I knew it, there was a guy there, and he wanted to know where I came from, and 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 I, I finally realized, oh, I'm on his property, and he told me that he he was bringing some clients in to fly fish, and, and I could kind of tell he was frustrated because he knew I was well within the law and, and I wasn't going to be a jerk or anything and I you know I, I just fished a little bit more than I left but but I went back a couple years later and this time somebody else in the ranch boy they were right there and they they grilled me but you know that that's the beauty of it as long as you are uh, following the, the stream access laws you can you can go anywhere where you're willing to walk so you were below the high water mark yes yeah definitely I was in fact both of those times I was in the river. We should be also noted that, you know, the high water mark 
really often happens when in May when the rivers blow out. Mm-hmm. And um, and so if you're fishing any time after that, you're probably able to walk, you know, walk upstream pretty far. Yeah, that's right. You know, I would add this. We talk about walking further than anyone else, and we really believe that. But at the same time, don't forget the first hundred yards above and below an access point, uh, particularly if it's a place where people are uh, uh, using, you know, putting in their drift boats or taking out. Uh, what happens is that when uh, people get close to, you know, you, you float it all day and you're, you're about 400 yards from your takeout uh, you're starting to you know gather up your gear and to get ready to land and and so that last little stretch right before the access doesn't get uh, fished uh, the same thing happens I think when you put into fish we've done this you get in a drift boat and and the first few hundred yards you're, you're not really not fishing uh, so Pay attention to those places. Uh, my parents lived about 100 yards from a fishing access site on the Yellowstone River in Paradise Valley. And I used to cross their fence to the access and then walk up about 100 yards. And I fished under a bridge right along a pylon, and I caught a number of trout over the years. And I think it was just neglected because uh, the people floating that would... Uh, uh, would get all their gear ready and you know, gather it up before they uh, got to the shore. So how about one final tip, Steve? I know you've been waiting to tell this. Story. All right, let me let me wrap this up with final tips. Set the parking brake. Uh, one May morning when I was visiting my folks, I, I walked down to the access. I saw a car floating down the river. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, and I didn't see anyone in it. And, and this was before I had a cell phone. So I thought, well, I'm going to run up to the house and call the sheriff's department. And it turns out that they already had personnel on the way. Uh, a guy had called, and here he had parked his car on a slope that headed down to the river at that access and his parked car rolled down the slope into the river. I've never heard anything like that. Well actually I have. I gotta tell you one more story and and this doesn't have anything to do with fly fishing but uh, my brother-in-law was delivering newspapers in Seattle uh, one morning. This is years ago and he would park his car and then run to about five or six houses and then come back to his car and, and drive down the hill and do five or six more you know houses and this was before dawn and if you've ever been in Seattle I mean it, it's just full of hills well one morning as he was delivering his papers he, he he delivered to a couple houses and he's about to cross the street and he sees headlights coming towards him and he thought some idiot is drunk and is going to hit me so he runs out of the way and as the car passed him he realized it was his car and it ended up hitting the front of a mobile home and knocking it back a foot so the, the moral of the story is don't let that happen to you when you're fly fishing when you're in an access uh, make sure you set your brake Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, I think that'll do <laughs> yeah, it for I think today. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any experiences you'd like to share about respecting and using public access, please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. What wisdom do you have to offer when it comes to fly fishing and public access? Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast via iTunes if you have an iPhone or Stitcher if you have a droid. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.